I want to welcome you guys. Thanks for being here, especially those folks that are online watching at home, probably in your pajamas. Thought I'd join you this morning. I know it's sort of comical, isn't it? I mean, these, these are like Christmas pajamas, and I'm wearing them here in the summer, and I, I get the joke there. But um, no, I, honestly, have you noticed that people are wearing pajamas in the daytime these days? Like, it used to be you just wore your pajamas at bedtime in your house and nobody ever saw them, but now, I, I noticed a few years ago, I was on a college campus, and all of a sudden I noticed people, especially girls, were just wearing pajamas in the middle of the day, and I was trying to figure that out, and then it made its way down to the high school and the middle school, and now, if you go to Walmart, if you will, like, we could take a little road trip over to Walmart this morning, I'm willing to bet that you'll find some people wearing pajamas there in the middle of the day. It, just to prove it, like we've got some pictures, there's a fancy gentleman there, that's a cute one, and yet another one, and there are tons of them, just go on the internet, you'll see all these people wearing pajamas in the middle of the day, and it seems a little silly, doesn't it? Some of you guys are guilty uh, of doing it too, if you're honest, but, but here's the thing, I got a simple message for you this morning. Quit wearing your pajamas during the day. Don't wear them in public, all right? That, that's the message. Quit wearing your pajamas in public. Simple message for you this morning. So we're going to be in Romans 13. We're wrapping that up. Um, we're going to look at verses 11 through 14 again this morning because there was just so much in there. If you want to follow along in your church Bibles, page 1124. So here we go. It begins this way. This is all the more urgent. For you know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up, for our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds, your pajamas, if you will, like dirty clothes, and put on the shining armor of right living. Because we belong to the day. We must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness, or in sexual promiscuity and immoral living, or in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, and don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. And so last week, we looked at the call from God through the Apostle Paul to wake up to wake up and quit sleepwalking through life. And this week, we're going to talk about it's time to, to take off the pajamas and to put on the armor of God. Take off the pajamas, those, those deeds of darkness, and put on the full armor of God. Now, um, this wake-up call that God is giving us has everything to do with the second coming of Jesus Christ. And Jesus even spoke about this. And we talked about it a little bit last week and how when Jesus comes the second time, what he's going to do is he's going to divide all people into two groups. He's going to take one group. These are the folks that have received his, his invitation to uh, enter into a relationship with him, to enjoy uh, new life now, eternal life later. He refers to them as the sheep, and he says, I'm going to place you guys on my right-hand side, and you're going to inherit 
um, eternity with me, life in paradise. And then he, he separates the other folks. There's only two groups. And the other folks will be on his left-hand side. And these are the folks that have rejected him and his offer of new life. These are the folks that have chosen just to live life however they see fit. Um, they're referred to as the goats. And sadly, they're going to experience eternity in this place we call hell. And it's not a, a topic that we like to talk about. We don't like to think about that. But we need to, because it's important and it's urgent. It's, it's so important that we consider what Jesus was saying, what it says throughout the Bible, and that we um, consider how we respond to that. Because again, there's only two groups, those who receive and accept Jesus' wonderful gift and those who reject him and his gift. That's it. And you got to figure out where do you fall in those two groups. So... Um, Again, I don't like speaking about it. It's a hard one. Um, but even though we, we even sing about God being the God of second chances, it's important to remember that while that may be true right here and right now, that once we die or once Jesus returns, there are no second chances. There are no second chances. And so it's an urgent matter. The time is now. The time is now. So let's begin with verse 12. It says, the night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of right living. And so these pajamas represent the, those dark deeds, if you will. Think about when most of the, the darkness happens, one of the, the dark acts, if you will. It happens during the dark, right? Um, that's when you wear your pajamas. That's when you enter into these, these big party scenes and things of that nature. And uh, so that's what this represents. Now, sadly, um, it's not happening just at night or in the darkness anymore. It, it's pretty much accepted during the day as well. And that's what the pajamas represent also. And if we look here, if you look at um, verse 13, it describes some of these dark deeds. It says, wild parties and drunkenness sexual promiscuity and immoral living. And then it even goes further, and it, and it talks not just about these dark deeds, but it also talks about this, this dark attitude that we often have, and it speaks against quarreling and jealousy because these things go against really loving our neighbors as ourselves, which has been the topic for a couple of weeks. We're called to love our neighbors like we want to be loved. Love our neighbors as ourselves. So um, it's imperative that we... We put off these dark deeds, these actions, and even these attitudes. Now, honestly, this describes pretty much my life when I was in college and shortly thereafter. As I read this passage, I'm convicted. Like, that's, that's pretty much what I did and who I was. Um, I thought these were, were fun things to be engaged in. Everybody else seemed to be doing them as well. And yet, even before I, I committed my life to Jesus and was following him, I would wake up the day after doing, you know, these types of things, and I would be full of remorse, and I would be full of shame. I, I regretted what I had said the night before. I regretted what I had done the night before. I was trying to to really cover up the darkness within me and the emptiness within me with really more darkness. And, and I would try to um, deaden the pain of it, if you will, with, with alcohol, to use that as my excuse 
for these dark deeds. I, I would look to, to getting laughs at other people's expense, expense just to uh, make me feel better about myself. And um, it was all just a cover-up because of the darkness within me and, and the emptiness there. Now, I'd love to be able to tell you that once I became a committed follower of Jesus, I never did any of those dark deeds again. But I did. I have done them. And, and I'll, I'll tell you this, that after doing those things, um, the remorse and the shame is far greater than it was before. Because I had tasted of just how good life with God is. And then when you go back to those old ways, you find that they are so much more bitter than you remembered them to be. So much more bitter. And so we have this call. It's to set aside these dark deeds, to take off the pajamas, and to put on Jesus Christ. Um, it's also interesting, too, you know, when you're in the midst of that kind of lifestyle, you don't see yourself for who you truly are. But when you come out of it, now I, especially when I go to a college campus and I see a bunch of guys specifically acting like fools and thinking they're funny, I'm like, do you realize how foolish you look? Like, like those people in Walmart in their pajamas? And then I realized that was me. And I thought I was so cool, so funny, and yet so foolish. Well, if we're not supposed to wear our pajamas, what are we supposed to be wearing? If you look at verse 12, it, it says, put on the shining armor of right living. And then verse 14 says, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. So it says, put on the shining armor of right living and then clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Apostle Paul, I think, did a beautiful job of describing this in Ephesians in chapter 6, verses 14 through 17, he describes what we often call the armor of God. The armor of God. What it is that we're to put on. And he says this. He says, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. I don't know that I noticed this, but if you look at each of these elements, they all represent an aspect of Jesus. Every single one of them. Think about this. So the belt of truth. Well, Jesus is the truth. He even said, I am the way and I am the truth. And I'm the life. I'm the source of true life. The belt of truth. You're, you're putting on Jesus there. It, it says the breastplate of righteousness. It, it's not referring to our righteousness, is it? It's not referring to our good deeds. No, it's, it's about putting on the righteousness of Jesus Christ, which he has imparted to those of us who have embraced him and accepted his offer of new and everlasting life. It's the breastplate of righteousness. It's the breastplate of of Jesus. Uh, talks about the, the feet which are fitted um, with a readiness to share the gospel. That's the good news of Jesus. It's the good news of his life, his death, his resurrection. It's the good news of the peace that he offers us when we enter into that relationship. Um, the shield of faith. Again, this is a gift from God, a gift from God. 
You don't come to faith on your own. It's a gift from God. And this shield of faith helps us to extinguish those fiery arrows, those lies of the enemy that want to wound us and even kill us. The shield of faith. Then it speaks of the helmet of salvation. Yet another gift. Yet another gift. When we commit our lives to Jesus Christ and he becomes our Lord and our Savior, we are fitted with the helmet of salvation. And then finally, you have the sword of the Spirit which is the word of God. And, and Jesus, it's, it tells us right there in John, says, he is the word that was made flesh. This is the sword of the spirit. We see this embodied in Jesus. And notice, this is our only offensive weapon. We need to learn to wield it. Now, one of the things that I, I've learned over the years that I, that I do is I will try to practically envision myself putting on the armor of God. I don't know if anybody else does that, but a lot of times I'll get up in the morning and, and I just go through this list and I, and I envision, I'll start with my head and I'll be like, all right, Lord, you know, I just want to put on the helmet of salvation, you know, protect my mind because it, it begins in the mind. Help me to just have, have my thoughts be your thoughts. The helmet of salvation, then I'll move down. Lord, I, I put on the breastplate of righteousness, your righteousness, Lord. Thank you for, for giving that to me, um, the shield of faith. May I be, you know, just well-equipped uh, against the arrows, the, the, the lies of the enemy. Lord, I put on the belt of truth, which is your word, your truth. And, and I put on these, these gospel shoes so that I'm ready to share this good news that I've experienced in Jesus Christ with anyone I come in contact with, no matter where I may be. And I, and I try to um, take time to really, again, go back to the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, and make sure I am equipped for battle, whatever that may be, for the seen and the unseen. And so I do that in a physical sense. And I think this is important because I think a lot of people don't recognize we are at war. We are at war. Now, we may not be at war with flesh and blood like some people around the world are, like in Ukraine right now, um, but we're at war. There, there's a spiritual battle taking place, and we are in the midst of it. And we need to wake up to that reality. We need to take off our pajamas, if you will, those dark deeds, and, and to put on this armor of God. Um, I, I love how Paul, right before he was describing what the armor of God looks like, he, he was also describing who the enemy is. And this is important. This is really important. Listen to this. This is Ephesians 6, verse 12. He says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil and the heavenly realms. In other words, our battle is not against people. It's against Satan and his forces. And we need to remember that, that we're not battling against one another. We're battling against the forces of evil. And so um, that's why it's so important for us to, to recognize we are at war and we need to take off our pajamas if you will. Think about it. Can you imagine that you're on the battlefield and, and out comes all these people in their pajamas? What, it would be silly, would it not? It would be ridiculous. It would be foolish on their part. Everybody else has their armor on. They're ready to go to war and here come these pajama-clad people. I mean, that's what a lot of us are like. We are getting up and we're going out to war, to battle each and every day, and we are not 
equipped for it. We're going out in our pajamas because it's a spiritual battle that we enter into. And I don't know, we've been lulled to sleep, and that's why God's saying, wake up, quit sleepwalking. Maybe some people don't even realize we're in the midst of a battle. We, have, we failed, we know, to, to embrace the, the truth of God that we have in, in the Bible. We failed to fully embrace Jesus, who is the truth. Um, we go through life ill-equipped. Most of us don't read the Bible. We haven't certainly memorized it. So when the attacks come, we have nothing to really fight back with. We're in this defensive posture. Again, without armor, just our pajamas. Some of us are parents, and our children are ill-equipped for the battle. That's our responsibility. We're to train them up. We're to train them up. So we need to equip them. So maybe they can't put on the armor of God at this point. Well, that's our job. So we need to do um, that for them. One of the things that I've often done, especially when my, my children were really little, just as I was talking about putting the armor of God on myself, I would pray that on them before I would send them to school or before I would send them out into the world. And, and I would lay hands on them and I'd say, you know, I pray the helmet of salvation on you, the breastplate of righteousness. May you have the shield of faith. May you be equipped with the belt of truth. May you be ready to share the good news of Jesus Christ the, with these uh, gospel feet of yours. May you have the peace, the peace that he can only offer, and may you be equipped with the sword of the Spirit, and, and teaching them the word of God, and helping them to memorize the word of God, so that it will stick with them always. They'll always be prepared, because they're going out into battle, just like we are. They need to take their pajamas off as well, and maybe they can't do that themselves, but we have a role to play. We are there to help equip them, and even if we don't have children, we're called to equip others who aren't ready, who, who don't have the armor of God. That's part of our responsibility as well. So we need to make sure that we're equipped, that we have put on the armor of God, and that others around us are equipped and have put on the armor as well. And it's critical. Now, um, it's interesting. It talks about this armor and that it's shining. It is shining. And, and I was trying to think, what makes our armor, what makes us shining to the world around us, to the dark world around us. And I was reading Colossians chapter 3 this week, and I came to verse 12 through 14, I was like, had one of those aha moments, I was like, this is it. I think this is what makes us shine. So listen to this, Colossians 3, beginning at verse 12, it says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone forgive as the lord forgave you hear that one forgive as the lord forgave you and over all these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity we're called to be bound by love to live in perfect unity with one another now these these virtues um, are commonly known as the fruit of the Spirit. And this is not an exhaustive list here. 
You can go to Galatians chapter 5 and you'll get more of those. But what we see is that when we do embrace Jesus Christ and we ask him to be our Lord, to be our Savior, and his spirit comes to live with us, he brings these virtues. We become these new creations. And so we have these virtues. These are true of us. And so that's how we shine in a dark world around us. We allow these virtues not only to be in us, but to be shown through us. We, we see this humility coming forth from us, this compassion, this kindness, this gentleness, this patience, and above all, we see love. And see, that's what makes us shine. That's what makes the armor of God that we are clad with shine. Now, one of the greatest ways I think that we shine is, is what it was talking about here is how we forgive. See, we're different. If you are a follower of Jesus, you are different. And one of the things that makes us really different is the way we're able to forgive. I'm always blown away when I see or hear of people who have forgiven somebody who has committed an atrocious act against either them or, or someone they love. Specifically, you've probably seen or heard stories of where somebody murdered a family member of theirs and they're in the courtroom and they look at the person and they say, I forgive you. I forgive you. And they don't just say the words, but they mean it. And have you ever seen, like then they go over and they've embraced that person and shown them love and forgiveness? That is incredible, is it not? That's not natural. That is something the world cannot get their mind around. That's what Christ followers can do. We're called to forgive like that. And you know why we do it? It's not because we have to do it. I, I think we do it because we know we've been forgiven like that. If you don't, if you don't have the ability to forgive like that, you don't understand how much you've been forgiven by God. But when you understand how much you've been forgiven, then you're able to forgive others. Even someone who, who murdered a loved one of yours. That's how we shine. That's how we shine in a world of darkness. That's what we're called to, to wake up, to take off the pajamas, and to put on the armor of God. And then the, the final words of instruction here in chapter 13 are found in verse 14. Um, again, it said, instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we've been talking about, this, this shining armor of God, Jesus himself, all those attributes, all those virtues. And then listen to this. This is critical. And don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. Don't let yourselves think about ways to indulge your evil desires. You know, it's more than just stop partying and engaging in um, the drunkenness and all the sexual immorality and, and those types of things. It's, it's more than stopping quarreling and, and being jealous. No, it, it's stopping the thinking. Stop it right here. Stop thinking uh, about how you can indulge those evil desires. That's not who you are any longer. Right, But yet somehow, for some reason, we like to glorify that old way of life. Um, some of us have, have been fooled, myself included, to believing that there, there's 
a special joy in some of that evil. And, and while we, we may want to embrace all, all the things of light that Jesus offers, you know, the humility, the compassion, you know, the peace, the love, the patience, the kindness, the gentleness, we want that. We, we still want a little bit of darkness there. And it said, it's saying to us, don't, don't even indulge in that. Don't, don't think about ways to indulge your evil desires. Be done with those. Remember back. Remember back to all the remorse you had, all the shame you felt. Remember when that was taken away, when, when you're living with that shining armor, there's no more remorse. There's no more shame. There's just peace. And there's incredible joy. So quit indulging yourself. We're, a lot of us are asking the wrong questions. I've noticed this a lot of times when people are just sort of coming to faith, and they ask this question, how far is too far? Like, how far is too far? Like, how far can I go and still be in the acceptable range of God? We need to quit asking those questions. Those are the wrong questions. That's the wrong attitude. We should be wanting to distance ourselves from those dark deeds. Again, to be rid of the pajamas, to put on the full armor of God, to allow it to shine, to shine in us and then through us. We need to start asking the right questions, setting our minds on the right things, setting our minds on things above that are holy and pleasing to God, not on the things that are evil. And so that's an important, important thing that we're called to. And then we need to, to it was talking about right living, we, we need to act differently. So our, our friend Scott Feltz, he has a favorite proverb, and he quotes it often. It's Proverbs 26, 11, and it's this. As a dog returns to his vomit, so a fool returns to his folly. Think about it. As a dog, anybody dog owners? You ever seen them vomit? And then they go eat it again? Disgusting. All right. Somehow they think it's going to be better the second time around, right? We are like that, aren't we? Like we, we have lived the, these dark um, lives, these, we've committed these dark deeds, and then we go back to them thinking it's going to be better the second time around. It's going to taste better. Does it? No, it tastes worse. Let me just tell you, it's worse. It's much worse. And uh, yet, we get fooled. We buy into the lie. And like those dogs, we just return to our old folly. We need to stop. We need to wake up. We need to quit sleepwalking through life. We need to recognize this is urgent, that the stakes are high. We need to put on the full armor of God. Get rid of these pajamas. They look silly. You don't know how hard it's been to stand up here all, all morning in these pajamas and speak to you. And you guys have done a great job keeping a straight face. So the, uh, but we look silly. We need to put on the armor. We need to recognize we are at war. We need to be prepared every morning that we get up, that we are going into battle. So let's take the pajamas off. Let's put the armor on and let's begin to live right. Let's let the shine, the shine of that armor just affect the dark world around us. Let's pray. Lord, we do pray that that would be true, that we would quit um, living lives of deception, that we would quit deceiving ourselves or allowing ourselves to be deceived, that we are at war, 
that it's time for us to wake up, it's time for us to get up, it's time for us to quit sleepwalking through life, to take off these uh, pajamas of dark deeds and, and just to live in the light, to be children of the light, to put on the armor of light and to be light in a dark, dark world. Lord, you've given us all this and forgive me and forgive us when we have um, chosen darkness over light, when we've chosen evil over you. Lord, I, I pray for anybody that has thought that they're riding the fence this morning, that they would choose whether they're going to be among the sheep or they're going to be among the goats because there's no in-between. Lord, it's a matter of urgency. We don't know if we're going to have tomorrow. We don't know if we're going to die today or you're going to come back today. May we take it serious. May we look at it with that sense of urgency. We thank you, Jesus, for providing a way, for doing the equipping, for doing the saving for giving us the hope and all the elements, the virtues of the armor of God. We pray it in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.